Hi everyone, welcome back to Behind the Timeline, the podcast where we examine pop culture in films, television, and books across the ages. As always, we are your hosts, Lindsay and Scott. If you're interested in finding out what we've already covered or what we've got coming up in the future weeks, be sure to leave us a follow on Instagram at Go Behind the Timeline. Check us out on Twitter at Behind Timeline and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Additionally, links to our Patreon and our official website can be found in the episode descriptions if you would like to support the podcast. And now, on with the show. Yeah, no, it was good way after that. It was good until Negan was on the show, oh which is God. when the comics get really good. So it should have It should have been really good, yeah. You're talking about literally one of the greatest fucking comic book lines of all time, though. Ever. If you want to be the man, you have to beat the man. I, it is on my bucket list, you guys, to fucking say that to someone in a bar. I mean, no. And then uppercut them onto a table with a bowl of punch. We do not condone violence on Behind the Timeline. (laughs) All right, let's do this. It's it's the worst, especially because it's like it's cold out now. Like I don't want to go outside. After, so it's all just it's a situation. But um, mm-hmm. can you believe how much I hated this movie I liked? So I've had time to think about it because I saw it on Monday and it's Wednesday now. It is. It's Wednesday, Eeyore. Um, oh. And <laughs> I still would give this a nine out of ten. But yeah, there are a lot of things that I just was <laughs> I was not feeling with this movie. Spoiler alert for your ratings, my goodness. I know. I'm sorry, guys. I kind of like threw you for a loop there. You know, we keep on track very vehemently. Here. <laughs> we actually do that a lot with like the new movies that we review, I like know. give the give our ratings early ratings, like, right away. <laughs> um, yeah, but but I I do think that you're right that it might be the best MCU movie of the year, though. Oh, it. it it is hands down um i will probably be thinking about the impact of this movie on the greater mcu more than any of the other movies which is ironic because the way that mom ended was like very like dude this could have like catastrophically huge issues for the universe because dr strange like disappears yeah and then thor is just like Oh, he's fighting shit like throughout the galaxy. Like that's not that really it's not like, yeah, that could lead to something, but that it really only affects him. And then this is like so self-contained. Yeah, it is. The only thing we really get is like Namor is like, oh dude, like, no, we're good. We're, you know, like we're gonna use them. Like I'm still an asshole. <laughs> but like it's it's interesting. I think we've said this with every Marvel thing we've ever covered on the podcast, how much we are seeking for greater meaning and connection in phase four. We were not I, this worried about that element no. in phase three, but since Endgame, everything that comes out, it's what is the bigger implication? What does it all mean? What is the state of the world? And things in phase four have seemed very disconnected. There's a lot of different things happening and not together. I think 
I think what it is, and I've had I've had a little bit of time to think about this since doing Love and Thunder, and now we're doing this, but I think a big part of what it is is um there's no payoff yet. This is when when we don't really know what the payoff is gonna be. We know in two years we're getting two Avengers movies, but everything right now feels like a setup until you watch the movie and then it's not a setup at all. Like Madness of the Multiverse. You always say it wrong. I know, Multiverse of Madness. <laughs> <laughs> that could have been fucking huge. Yeah, it could have. Like it could have opened up the doors for so many things. Well, and I mean and then, it does, right? It's like you say, it's all set up. We're we just need to be patient. Um, I know, and I hate being I know, it's tough it. times. It's but I think it is all set up. You're right. We're getting two Avengers movies soon. Mm-hmm. It's we have plenty of time to like continue setting stuff up. It's just a lot of setup. And I'm like I think I think I actually need to do a phase four film rewatch because the only movies yeah the only films i've really watched more than once in phase four are like shang chi i guess i saw twice and i saw eternals like a lot because i really liked eternals like i had that on like every night going to bed for a little while just like i'll watch the eternals (laughs) i forgot that eternals was a fucking phase four movie that's like first of all that's how long ago it was but also how unimpactful to the fucking overall story it was i really liked eternals and it was really good and that's what sucks because the only thing like okay never mind we reviewed it already we reviewed it this time we've talked about it at length i but but yeah i haven't rewatched multiverse of madness and i haven't rewatched thor and i'm kind of wondering if i need to do that and do a big phase four rewatch because like i've seen spider-man a couple times right but like i think maybe i need to rewatch all of them to to get a better feeling because we've been whining about this phase but it actually (laughs) has been good it's just and we're definitely in like a we need to rebuild after the end of a saga right so i think we're in a new cadence with the mcu because this is the first time that we've started a new saga since iron man so we need to keep that in mind that we're now in in effectively phase one and nobody was bitching in phase one about like the only connectivity we had in phase one was like the post-credit scenes yeah and then that's we can all sit down so with with my usual speech about that i think everything in phase four i've been like and we all need to chill yeah, everybody needs to shut the fuck up and yeah. just trust it. And yeah, everybody just everybody relax. Scott, read us a plot summary. We are, for the record, here to discuss Black Panther Wakanda forever. <laughs> <laughs> we never mentioned it. We just like, don't ever. bother. I we're just, just like, figured you guys would know. Fuck it. You guys point. know what we're here for. All right, read us a plot summary, Scott. Yeah. Uh, when an undisclosed illness takes T'Challa's life, Wakanda's queen mother, Ramonda, and Princess Shuri face dangers from all manner of world powers. Shuri, seeking to rid country, rid the country of its ancestral ties and forge on through science amidst unwillingness to accept her brother's sudden demise, refuses to bioengineer a new heart-shaped herb, thus denying her people and her country their legendary and great protector. However, when dubious CIA operations reveal vibranium deep below the ocean's surface, a new empire and its mysteriously powerful king emerge to protect its way of life, entangling Wakanda in its web. It's my belief that half of that is just to help me with the names that I don't know. Yeah, that's literally the only reason I'm on this episode. (laughs) (laughs) 
all my notes are like, Sherry's mom is really yeah, Sherry's mom is so dope. And that chick that's always with the chick with white hair is so cool. Like, yeah, that's exactly why I'm here. What did uh what did the rotten give this? Yeah, as of so, Wednesday. Yeah, as as of Wednesday, um, this had an eighty-four percent on the tomato meter and a ninety-five percent audience score. And that just about tracks. That sounds right to me. Yep feels right too like it feels like that's where we should be with this yeah and and that's probably gonna change somewhat over the coming you know whatever hour time yeah time frame (laughs) like yeah that's it's probably changed by now honestly but that's that's where we were at as of the uh as of the note taking for this episode that's where we were at uh and and also again as of kind of now-ish in the kind of the week after the movie came out, we had around 180 million for the opening weekend, which is lower than the first movie, lower than Black Panther. Uh, but the biggest November opening ever and the biggest opening weekend of the year so far. So that's pretty crazy. Um, and of course, friendly reminder that uh, Spider-Man came out in 2021. So that would be the reason for it that. Did, it doesn't fucking count, guys. Yeah, it's not part of this calculus. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So let's, let's start by talking about the elephant in the room. I was going to say the panther in the room, but that's really the lack of the panther in the room. It's just really below me. It's not, dude. that's not even low hanging fruit. That's like already turned into another tree. It's just terrible. It's just awful. It's like, yeah. So it's a pineapple growing out of another pineapple. It is. You ever seen how that, how a pineapple grows? Yes, I have. Have you? Uh, yeah, and the first time I did, I thought I would never stop laughing when I realized that that's how a pineapple grows. Oh, yeah, it's grows. amazing. Listeners, if you've never seen what it looks like when a pineapple is growing, uh, please do Google it. It's fucking hilarious. Um, it is the most ridiculous fruit, and it grows in the most ridiculous way. And it's just like, all right, yeah, sure. Like, it, the, <laughs> the pineapple plant is high as fuck. Um, <laughs> it's just like true story. That's what we're pulling from this episode, you guys. That's the main takeaway right now is that the way a pineapple grows is ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, let's let's talk about Chadwick and T'Challa yeah. and just because that was a really the big question going into this movie was like, how, how are they going to handle this? How are they going to deal with it? Yeah. What was um, your prediction before you saw the movie for how they would deal with it? So a part like honest to God, dude, like a small part of me was like, are they going to say he died from COVID? stop it no i'm dead serious like a small part of me was like are they gonna say this is just like they're trying to be like oh we're back in like modern but we can't be because in uh mcu timeline they're five years ahead of us yeah they the COVID happened during the blip yeah so it's just real convenient for the mcu super inconvenient for everyone there but (laughs) you know here we are um no i thought it was going to be something along those lines some kind of disease or something like that but the way that i thought it was going to play out because of the way that the initial trailer showcased talokan and the inclusion of no more mm-hmm. was going to be they were responsible for it They poisoned him or something or like he they gave him a disease or some shit like that. Like we would have opened with them already aware of. Right. Yeah. Like they already knew that Talokan was there. Got it. Oh, like it happened off screen and it just like, okay, direct. I'm glad that that's not the way that it went only because and I (laughs) texted I texted you and Matt this in the theater. But like, honest to God, dude, this was legitimately one of the hardest 
openings for a Marvel movie to watch. This was sad as fuck. Yeah, the way that, like the MCU logo, you mean, where they show all the images and it was like all Black Panther, yeah. That was so awesome. I loved that. His whole funeral procession was amazing. Mm -hmm. The dancing, the costumes. I swear to God, if this doesn't win best costume, it's, I'm just gonna, it's gonna blow my fucking mind if it it doesn't. It really should, because it was awesome. Like, it's so fucking well done. The set design and everything. The only thing I didn't really like was that they have his face on a wall very akin to No Way Home. Yeah, I guess that's Or not No Way true. Home, I'm sorry. Uh, Homecoming? Uh, No, it's... Far From Home. I'm sorry, Far From Home. Yeah, hate, I'm man. like, man, I don't know. The, the no, one... it's Far From Home because it's the meme it's where it's like home. him looking at Tony's face and he's like, everywhere I go, I see his face. It just felt very much like that. Um, because it's even on the same wall and it's like just a face of him or whatever. It's just real quick. It's fucking crazy that there's been two Spider-Man movies since Endgame. Since Endgame? I know. Just throwing that out there. Like that's actually pretty (laughs) fucking wild. Um, I didn't even think of that until right now. And I was like, like, is that why I thought it was No Way Home? Yeah, that is because, (laughs) because weirdly Far From Home was after Endgame. Yeah. I remember seeing that in Vegas. Anyway, yeah, that's weird. So, um, I thought they did a great job of honoring him, though. I, mm-hmm. I, I know what you mean that that was a little bit of a thing that we've seen before, but I didn't mind it. I, I thought they get, did a great job of like really making this movie about Chadwick or and T'Challa, right? It's like not because my prediction for how this was going to go was he would die of some, if not an illness, then in battle or fucking whatever off screen. And it would just be like it didn't happen. Like, I low-key expected Shuri to already be the Black Panther. Like, when oh, I, yeah. you know, I, well, I kind of thought thing. they would skip over it more. Yeah, I kind of figured there would either be about, like, we would open with the ceremony of them establishing a new Black Panther. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I completely forgot going into this movie that Killmonger had destroyed all of the heart-shaped herbs. So did I. And, like, so... Can you all right? This is can you fucking imagine what this movie would have looked like had that not happened? Like yeah. they almost got lucky. I because like um <clears throat> like this whole thing is on like in the opener, and I thought mm-hmm. this worked really well. It's like T'Challa's still alive, but he's dying. Right. And I like that they didn't try to fake it. There's no bullshit. They don't try to have like it's him, but it's not him. They make no attempt to show him. Yeah, they don't show him at Chadwick. all. Yeah, it's just no. <laughs> they just don't. There's no bullshit, which I really liked. And it's all in like Shuri's trying to recreate the heart-shaped herb to save mm-hmm. him. And I like how she says later, I wasn't trying to recreate it to bring back the Black Panther. I don't give a fuck about the Black Panther. I was yeah. trying to save my brother. Save my brother. And you know? I liked that. And I just... Can you imagine them trying to explain like why somebody else wasn't right away Black Panther? Because it goes pretty quickly from there to a year later, right? Yeah, it is. It's straight up a year later. And I think a big part of it, too, is if we still had the heart-shaped herb, I think we would have gotten what the big fan theory for this movie was. And Umbaku would be the Black Panther. I th- yeah, I, I think feel so like that's the route we would have gone. They could not have explained how come someone yeah. else didn't take that mantle. Like, did, they're just like, oh, we don't this. have one. Like, it's fucking whatever. Shuri, like, and, oh, I, well. and it works perfectly because, like, it, they can't get there because Shuri refuses to keep trying. Yeah, she doesn't care anymore. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, that was just, I got to think, luck. Random yeah. coincidence. I mean, I know Chadwick was sick when they filmed the first one, right? But nobody but no knew. One knew. Yeah. No one knew. I mean, Feige I think, didn't know, right? Like, they couldn't have written that into it. I, no, I think this was like serendipity that that was part of the story. Yeah, it, I mean, it just happened to work out that they built Killmonger to be this, like, I will be the last Black Panther ever kind of thing. No one else will come after me kind of thing. Yeah. Um, not knowing that Umbaku had the last heart-shaped herb left and he gave it to t'challa and he that's how he got his black panther powers back that um, is, what, is that what happens in the first one that's what happens in the first one yeah like I don't that's why it. he's able to fight him <laughs> i um, should have rewatched the first one <laughs> um i knew that they found one last one but i had forgotten that they burned burned them all yeah he burns right. them all down um which is pretty cool so that worked out nicely for them and i i liked how all of that worked that was some of the best stuff yeah. i think it, like overall is like how they handled chadwick dying it was done so yeah. well and it didn't feel contrived like i felt like they would try to brush over it and just be like this is the situation everybody move on uh and they didn't and i loved that like they they leaned into it they made it part of the story and they made it like the whole heart of the story in a way that was like tasteful and honored chadwick and didn't feel forced and it was really well done. I like that. I think a big part of it, I loved the way they handled everything with Chadwick. I even getting the montage at the end of the movie when Shuri's sitting on the beach. Yeah, that uh, was anytime needed. they talked about it. Yeah. We needed to see his face and not have it be fucking like Princess Leia. Yeah, like a print or like a past stuff or like all that stuff. It's, I'm glad it was just other scenes that we've already seen before. Like, yeah, I didn't try to reuse it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they said right off the bat, like, we're not we're not doing that. Like that that would be doing him a major disservice. And it's it's not fair to you guys because you know he's gone and yeah. stuff like that. Like I think having the choice to make this about uh Shuri refusing to acknowledge and accept like and it's a thing in the first one too. Umbaku even calls Shuri out at the fight saying like you guys let a child like wield our technology in a child who doesn't even respect our ancestral like ways. Right. So like it it I think it was a really good choice to make this about Shuri. I'm going to tell you guys right off the bat, I wish it had not been her that became Black Panther. Ooh, I want to see I want to see it get separated. Because, and it got separated in the reverse of kind of what I expected to happen. And I'm fine with the way this ended. Because at the very end, Umbaku challenges Shuri to the throne of Wakanda. Which I'm really anxious to see what they're doing with that. Because he was like, I love Umbaku in this movie. He was like one of my favorite parts of this movie. I love him in general and everything. He is, yeah. he low-key really deserves to be king of Wakanda. Yeah. Like he's, they, and it's, it feels surprising to say that because they frame him a little bit as a bad guy in the very beginning of Black Panther. Like, how dare you yeah. challenge this guy that I just assume that I love that I've never really seen before except <laughs> yeah. that one time in Civil War. Right, they're like, <laughs> "What an asshole!" I hate yeah. that guy and study you. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, but he has been nothing but awesome since then, and everything that he's been in, yeah. which includes like Infinity War, right? So, 
Like he's been awesome every time that he shows up. He's always yeah. doing the right thing. He like totally believes in Wakanda and is like a good guy. <laughs> like he there's is. really and no was, reason not to like Mbako. <laughs> I love that he was like excited to fight. Uh, what do you call it? He was excited to fight Namor. Like when he saw him, he was like Kukulkan, and he started like yeah. snaking towards him, and then like Namor just like punched him in the chest, and he's like, "Holy shit!" And just like laid yeah, there. Yeah, he's I so love stoked. That. I love him. Yeah. I just I think he's the best. Like I think he really does deserve to be king of Wakanda. But so is is what you're saying that you expected it to go the other way that he would be Black Panther and Shuri would be queen. I would, yeah. Well, and that's the other thing that was weird about the ending. They're still calling her Princess Shuri. Well, you're still a princess if you're the daughter of. I mean, I guess tell me if I'm wrong. My understanding. I mean, Ramonda's dead. She's the only member of the family left. Yeah, but alive. you're still you're a princess if you're a princess. If you you know you you still stay a princess. I mean, like. I guess people don't take you, those titles. You got to like. It's like a process to get rid of that. I've been watching a lot of The Crown. Um, yes, you have. I, well, I started a rewatch because I wasn't done with Matt Smith as a rogue prince. I needed more. So, oh my God. I know. Well, I finished my Hot D rewatch and I <laughs> yeah, said, you did. Matt Smith, I would like to see you be troublesome monarchy in a different setting. So, uh, what was I? <laughs> oh, realistic so, setting. Sorry, squirrel. <laughs> um, so, uh, I think that. Like, Shuri would still be the princess. I'm trying to get my train of thought back. Um, Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, she would still be the princess until they have the ceremony to decide who rules Wakanda. I think that is what be, oh, no, I'm sorry. I know what I was going to say. I know, I'm sorry. I'm cutting you off. I know what I was going to say. Right, it's fine. The opening scene of Black Panther that may, apparently really stuck with me, right? <laughs> like, the original movie. It makes it seem as though, like, T'Challa's family has been the royalty for a really long time. Like his dad was the king. So like, yeah, yeah they're they have direct this... descendants of Bashanga, who was the first Black Panther. Okay. So Shuri's them. still the princess. Like they are the, the um, monarchy. Yeah. The challenge thing is either perfunctory or like very occasionally used like in Black Panther. Cause they were all surprised that anyone bothered to challenge them. Right. It's like, it seems like yeah. it's like a tradition that they do for shits and giggles and everyone gets to throw a big party at the waterfall and put on their fancy outfit, but like nobody ever actually challenges them. So it seems like her family has been the monarchy for a really long time and it has been passing down uh, the genealogy and that like people actually standing up to fight is like not normal or always beaten. And so Shari's totally still princess. There's no way the people of Wakanda are like, yeah, fuck it. It's only been generations, but yeah, screw you and your family. I don't give a shit. Like after her mom just died so valiantly and she is the Black Panther and like saved their yeah. whole culture at the end of the movie. Like she's definitely still the princess. Like her kid or T'Challa's kid absolutely has as legit a claim on the throne as Mbaku right now. Like I don't right? mean like <laughs> I don't mean like it's weird that they call her princess. She's technically queen. Right. She's not princess anymore. Namor even says it when he bombs the tower. He tells her, you're queen now. Make the right choice. And then she decides to become Black Panther in one of the fucking topest scenes ever. Yeah, yes. I wonder what would have happened uh, if she had shown up there. Because remember, T'Challa had to like undo his Black Panther power to fight. Yeah. And I don't well, feel that's... like Shuri would be... 
like Shuri, I don't think she'd go along with that. I yeah. don't think she. I don't think it would be anyone would think it would be reasonable for her to fight Umbaku without any powers. That's ridiculous. Right, but so, also they respect like strength, so they want to be led by a strong person. And if Shuri can't defend them as a mortal, why should she be allowed to defend them as Black Panther? That's how they look at it. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that's how they look at it. I don't know, man. I'm not sure what to think about that. I don't know that they follow strength or whether that's just their tradition, but mm. it never gets used. Like it's kind of unexplored. It does though, be because honest. that's how that's how Killmonger becomes Black Panther. He yeah, but everybody's like T'Challa. shocked that like yes, that tradition exists and that rule exists, but like when Umbaku oh, yeah, challenges like T'Challa, everybody's shocked that that he yeah. stands up to do that. They're like, dude, you fucking asshole, sit down. None of the rest of us were gonna disagree. Right? Yeah. So I don't know, but but with Shuri, while I really, really, really liked her being Black Panther and becoming Black Panther and all of the things, and I love Shuri. She's one of my favorite MCU characters. Her outfits yeah. slay. Oh, dude, they're awesome. Everything. I love her fucking earrings during the funerals. Those yeah. are so badass. Yes. And like her uh the you mean like the ivory? The the fucking pan or the the saber tooth tusks, yeah. Oh those yeah, are yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, and what's cool is they're not actually earrings. They they're hang not. Like they're attached it, to the they, back of her head or yeah, the back of her neck. Yeah, they're on like a headband. Mm-hmm. Um, I I wish I looked half so cool in like a mechanics jumpsuit. Like she looks so fucking awesome yeah, all the does. time. She was fucking slaying it. But I kind of didn't buy some of this from her. I had a little bit of the same issue here. As I did with like Wanda and Multiverse of Madness. Like I was like, wait, now just burn them all. Like just fuck all of it. And I'm talking before her mom dies. Because that made sense. At least there was a plot point. But I'm like, why are we so why does she hate them all? Yeah, Yeah, like I don't so pissed. I guess it's like, is it because T'Challa was like all wrapped up in all the Wakandan? stuff and then she's like fuck that but it has nothing to do with him dying he's just, he's he doesn't die for wakanda he doesn't I, uh, yeah it's not like someone killed him and now she's like seeking vengeance or whatever the thing yeah. she doesn't really even become vengeful until namor kills ramonda and then yeah but she's so mad already she's like what got me was that she like okay she's like She's having a hard time. Everything sucks. It's been a rough year. She won't mourn. She won't do yeah. any of the traditional stuff to like help her move past T'Challa's death. All of that tracks, right? She's like mm-hmm. really cranky and understandably so. And then she goes on this mission, right? At, to get Riri and gets yeah. kidnapped. And okay. So why? Like, I don't get why after she gets rescued why she's not trying to push against them fighting. Why isn't she like, yo, yo, no, 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 don't like hang on. We're about to fuck everything up. Cause she says it when she's being rescued, don't kill them. Yeah. She's like, it's going to start a war. And then she never says anything else about that. She's like totally down for the battle before her mom dies. And that's what kind of got me. I, I like lost it there. I feel like I was with her up to that point. And then I was like, wait, why are you like mad? Like, why do you want to fight with no more? Like what's the, I didn't understand that. And like, it just doesn't. It's like, I get that they were after Riri mm-hmm. and she wanted to protect Riri. 
but very, very similarly to the America Chavez stuff in Multiverse of Madness, there's just no need to fight over this new character. And it was even less clear in this movie than Multiverse of Madness. Like, why is this happening? Why aren't we having a discussion? Why aren't these two nations that rely on the same impossibly rare alien resource that discover one another having a conversation? Well, okay. So, that all right. So, it's funny that you say that because this was my main question too like shuri even asks him like why can't riri just stay in wakanda right and he's like i can't risk that fucking why dude he even acknowledges they're the most powerful nation yeah like why all they have to do is destroy her fucking emitter and never make another one or her vibranium detector never make another one the other part of this that didn't make sense why is the FBI after her? The FBI wants her because she's the only one who can make the emitter and they want right, the emitter because they why want Why is she vibrating. under arrest? Because car chase? Yeah. Like, also, it's the CIA. No, the FBI are the ones that come after them. The CIA okay. is the one that's starting the joint task to look for them. The and... CIA is the one that had the joint task force that got attacked by Namor. I didn't realize that both the FBI and the CIA were at play, I guess. I'm like, yeah, I only clocked they only the talk, CIA. Maybe they accidentally said the FBI. I don't know. I but. know that he's in all the Black Panther movies too, but I couldn't have given a fuck about Bilbo Baggins. Like, I'm like, dude, oh, Martin I got... Freeman. I mean, I love Martin Freeman. Don't get me wrong. Like, too. And he's really good in these movies, and I know that he's in them all. I mean, it's kind of like Happy. Like, there's just certain movies yeah. where some of these characters just are, and that's just the way it is. But like... I wanted that to be a different anybody that they connect with, but I was excited to see Fontaine, even though she didn't do much. I'm like, okay, so, keep, keep setting me up for, for uh, what's it called? For, yeah. For Thunderbolts. I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm glad that they reminded us that she's around and it didn't have to be a huge deal. There were a bunch of gasps in my theater to see her, which was fun. Well, now the big thing now is we know she is the director of the CIA. Yeah. That's a, that's new information. Yeah, so that's and she was married huge. to Bilbo, which is and great. she was married to Martin Freeman. Yeah, you're just um, like we're not calling him Bilbo, I'm nor are calling we calling him, him his character's name though. I'm that's not, obviously out of it. Was Agent Ross? Sure, <laughs> sure. Um, Bilbo Baggins. That has been the number one thing that I've been seeing on the internet since the movie is that the entire CIA subplot was completely pointless. I kind of didn't follow it. I mean, the all the, there the isn't thing anything about to it, follow. Like, I agree. They go to him to find out who the student is, and then it turns into Fontaine arresting him. But if she put the bug on the beads from the beginning, was this all just to arrest Martin Freeman? Because that's all that happens. They well, don't. He is gain her ex-husband, right? So maybe I liked maybe. that reveal that they were married. It's they hilarious. They were married, yeah. And she just like lets herself into his house. It's like that was great. Uh, I feel like this is where I start to like it. Actually, ties in well to why I was losing the plot. Right? It's just like so. The CIA should be there as like it's a ticking clock a little bit on getting Riri out. It's a they provides the car chase, which all MCU movies have a car chase now instead of a sky beam. I really like that. They have a second act car chase instead of a third act sky beam or like yep. a first end of the first act car chase, yeah. uh, which I enjoy. And this one wasn't as good as the last one in in the last 
Black Panther movie, but it was still good. And uh, we're gonna get to why this one wasn't as good in a minute. But. Yeah, but I really liked all three of them to get like it was sick. It was it's I I'm happy mm. with that action scene. The action was good, but it should have been like a galvanizing element where like Namor and the Wakandans would work together to be like, oh shit, you're right. We should prevent them from getting vibranium. Yeah. We should work together or have some kind of conflict that makes more sense. But it was just like, instead, let's make it so that these guys actually don't matter. And the big fight is the the two vibranium having nations fighting each other for really no particular reason, except for Riri, who now that doesn't even matter because because the FBI, the CIA is not even doing anything. Like it just yeah, didn't. They're not trying to find her. That's the fucking thing that like bothers me is after this driving scene, this fight on the bridge, no one is trying to find her. No, it's over. It's like, she's not even, it's, she, she has no, nothing after that point. It's just, and, yeah. and so that is what makes me feel like the plot was being driven by like drunk teenagers and a broken down 92 Honda Civic. The only, God damn it. The just only like, thing, what the, the only fuck? thing that I can think is maybe Fontaine thought that Freeman talking to Ramonda would lead them to Riri. But even that is so not made clear that like, I can't say that's what the plan was because that's such, I had to figure that out for myself just now by putting connects and big blocks and Lego pieces together. <laughs> like it, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It was it very doesn't. contrived. It was very like for a movie that handled Chadwick's death so well and seamlessly and naturally like this part of the plot was just like, yeah, I get that we want to introduce Namor. This was a super great way to do yeah. it, like finding Vibranium. And and I also like the theory that the chase for Vibranium is going to leave, lead uh, like non-Wakandans to create adamantium that oh, works Matt's for me. theory shout out to matt by the yeah, way that was matt's matt. idea yeah that's a real um, good theory that makes a lot of sense and i get like using black panther to drive that to say okay yeah. and here's fontaine and here's maybe um you know the plot of thunderbolts who fucking knows right like i like this like creating adamantium or the rest of the vibranium thing and and the cia being involved in that that could all wrap up really nicely in the future phase but my bold prediction for that is that X-Men is going to be the crux of all of this. That like. Remember yeah. when we were saying that about Multiverse of Madness? Where we're like, when that movie comes out, everything's going to make sense. I do think we need to give them time. And I do think X-Men is going to answer a lot of questions. Yeah. And I think Fontaine's going to be more important in a bunch of other stuff. And there's going to be some underlying storyline with her. Because we are on the subject of things that didn't make sense or things that kind of let us down. It involves Fontaine, and I'm very upset. This was my biggest disappointment in this movie. I expected the big reveal at the end of the movie to be that Latveria had been the silent country trying to get vibranium from the ocean. Which for the uninitiated, which if is it Dr. Doom. Yeah. If it wasn't for me, would include or for you, I would be yeah. included in that group. Yeah. <laughs> is, is the nation where Dr. Doom is from that would start tying in the Fantastic Four. That was my biggest disappointment because they we know from leaks that there was concept art written or like created of Dr. Doom communicating with somebody on that rig. Is he connected with Namor in the comics? His entire suit is made of adamantium. 
or not adamantium, vibranium. His entire suit is made of vibranium. He invades Wakanda all the fucking time. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. It just that was my like one thing where I was like, we could have we could have like left another nugget of this. Like I get it. This is supposed to be a farewell to to Chadwick, and I'm fine with that. And that I'm not I'm not saying I didn't have a good time at this movie because I really did. It would have just been nice to have a second post credit scene. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't need the reveal that Toussaint existed to be the post credit scene. That should have been the last. That's how the movie should have ended. And for some reason, instead, this movie just ends and that's it. Like it just, it literally just ends. Like it's like a montage of Chadwick Boseman and then Shuri wipes her eyes and then it fucking ends. Yeah, that's just it. There's no other. It was weird that there's no other post credit. Yeah. Why didn't it end with her being there on the beach? That's my, that was my like one thing though. That was like my, because we're talking about Fontaine and Fontaine in the comics is an ex Hydra member who everybody believed was Madam Hydra, who was a partner of Dr. Doom. And that's where we got to that. The one thing I do also want to point out to you guys, and I don't know if it's color scheme choice or if it is a sinister little undertow. Um, Fontaine's one strip of hair color is purple. Everything she wears in this movie is purple. What's the significance of that? I have no idea. I'm just telling you it's something I noticed. Okay, I'm like, I don't know. Is it like something <laughs> that means something that I don't know? <laughs> yeah, okay. No, I have no fucking clue. I'm just telling you that's something I noticed. Uh, I really liked her in this. I love her I like just all around, dude. Dreyfus is good, she, yeah. She comes off to me in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as a more capable veep. I gotta watch that show all the way through. I and I know I would love it, and I just haven't seen it all the way. I think you would actually. It's very much right up your alley. I it definitely is, and I really like her as a uh, kind of like an evil version of Nick Fury, <laughs> right? Of just, I do too. Yeah, like I like that. I like that element with her. Um, but I do wish that that storyline had gone further, and I wish yeah. that I wish that the conflict between Namor and Wakanda made more sense because I really didn't see why they were fighting. I really didn't. Like I'm like the whole thing I, is he needs Wakanda to help or he wants Wakanda to help him protect his empire. And the only way he can see that happening is if they kill the surface dwellers. And he hates surface dwellers because when he returned to bury his mother, where she was born was now a mission that inhabited slaves and you know like treating people like shit. And trying to force religion and stuff. And he just thinks that all surface dwellers are terrible people. So he is very much. And this is the number one thing I love about the Black Panther movies. Is their villains feel so real. Mm -hmm. He is genuinely mad for a legitimate reason. Yeah, but here's the thing. Like, he is. He's mad because, like, the one person died while Shuri was getting rescued. And it's like, all right. Listen up, bitch. Oh, not because of her. No, that he's mad because he doesn't want his way of life to be encroached upon by people he thinks are enslaving, terrible human beings. And he knows that's the way they're headed, which is why he kills the CIA operative team in the ocean, because he can't let them get their hands on vibranium. Okay, and let me parse this out. Okay. Because there's two things happening here. He feels a sense of urgency and existential dread because of 
he's his he's Mayan, right? And so it's the Spanish uh, colonization of right. Mexico and South America that that you're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. So he's like been through that. He's like a billion years old, and he faces like an existential dread and sense of urgency because he feels that sure that he's like no you can't invade our space like i feel threatened by the surface dwellers and they're looking for vibranium and i don't want to be found out sure 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 sure. that's his initial motivation that makes sense Mm -hmm. what doesn't fucking make sense is okay he wants riri he wants like wakanda's help Mm -hmm. right i liked the way that he showed up to shuri and mama sherry oh yeah on the the fire beach that was sick really liked that like he's and he's not threatening he's like hey we need to have a conversation like i would like and also there's this girl that i would like not to be free right but he's being like totally like he gives shuri a tour like he's he's not trying to fight with wakanda Mm -hmm. and then one person gets killed and it's let's full scale invade Wakanda. That did not fucking make sense. Motivation wise for Namor, I was like, why the fuck would you do that? Like he's it's not believable to me that someone who is like considered a god and who has lived this long is like, yeah, one person died after I kidnapped the princess after murdering a bunch of CIA agents. And very ominously and kind of threateningly, though it was badass, showing up in Wakanda where he knows that they don't think anyone should be able to enter, like, unknown. Like, he's done a bunch of stuff that, like, anyone who's lived as long as he has should understand is going to, like, set off some alarm bells. And he's like, oh, one person got murdered to rescue the princess that I kidnapped without any word or, you know, like, no fucking shit somebody came to rescue her and someone ended up dead. Are you kidding me? You're gonna so, now you're gonna go to war with Wakanda? Fuck off. That I did here, not believe. For here's a the like the funniest part to me about this is you're focused so hard on that one person dying, and that has nothing to do with it. It's just So why invade Wakanda? What did I miss? So he tells her during the conversation when she's like and that's actually when we find out why Shuri is really upset. She's mad because she is she was Bast gave what she feels and what she says is Bast gave her this ability to be so smart and and so like technologically, you know, like far ahead of everybody else. And she still couldn't save her brother. And so she I don't think it's that she feels responsible. I think it's that she feels like she failed. She doesn't understand why she couldn't do it. Sure. So when Namor is telling her we have things we need to protect. These are the things that are important to us. You said so yourself. You want to burn the world. He thinks he's found a kindred spirit in her because all he's known is hatred for the surface world. And he sees in Shuri, like all you hate everything now because you couldn't save your brother and you don't think life is fair. If you guys don't help us out, I have to take it as an act of, or I have to take it as you guys are willing to defend the surface world. And I can't allow that because you are the most liable threat to my empire because a, you know where you are now, you know, you know where the empire is. And two, you know that he and all of the, of the people of Talokan exist. He can't let Wakanda exist if they don't ally with him. Because it now it becomes an even greater threat 
to the existence and peace of his people. So if they aren't willing to help him, he has to remove them. And so Shuri's like, dude, they're going to come for me. And he's like, I can't like you guys can't be doing this. You have you. Your only choice is to help me or we will kill you. I can't have you standing in front of me or like standing between us. And so he's thinking when he knows that Ramonda is never going to help and he knows that they're evacuating the people out of the main capital or whatever. He's also thinking you can't be bogged down by your mom anymore. Your mom is the queen and she clearly is not going to uh, release Riri. I have to get her out of the way. And so he thinks by like making sure he feels so alone, she now has to make this choice of like, I can't let any more of my people die. Like I have to do the smart thing and destroy the surface world with this guy who has equal power to like, you know, to us or whatever. I just, uh, all right, go on. I'll let you finish. No. And that's, well, that's, that's basically it is he think he misguidedly thinks that she thinks just like he does. And she doesn't, she doesn't actually want to kill everybody. She doesn't want to kill literally anyone until Namor kills Ramonda. And then she's like, I'm going to fucking wreck these guys. Which that makes sense. That part I was totally fine with after she dies. But what I guess, okay. You're definitely making me soften on it. Because I really, you're right, I was really focused on that one person because I really clocked mm. Shuri saying that, right? That Where, The only reason that's important to him is he's like, okay, you've made your choice. This person dying is the sign that you don't want to ally with us. And I guess that's what still bothers me is like, I just wish, I, th- I think all of my gripes with this would have been solved by like an extra one minute of screen time. Because yeah. I just am like, why... Surely you would want to have some kind of conversation. Surely allyship in this situation is worth not just fucking invading Wakanda for this action set piece, which by the way, Wakanda got their ass handed to them and it was embarrassing. They super did. Holy shit. It also just shows how unprepared they were for all of this. For just, yeah, I was, I was a little bit unimpressed with Wakanda's showing and that, but I like, I just, yeah, but I did not understand. I didn't understand Namora wanting to just invade without at least trying again. Because again, it's like, yeah, well, you kidnapped the princess. So she was willing to talk to you. She didn't even want to get rescued. She was like, wait, right? Yeah, she's She's like, like, no, no, don't kill them. Like, chill, fucking don't do anything. Yeah. And he, my thinking is someone who's supposed to be a god and he's, or they think of him that way. And he's like so ancient and all of these things. It's like, you should have more patience. I would not think that the next move is invade. I would show back up on my own and be like, yo. Yeah, Yeah, because obviously, I don't think it takes a genius to feel like, oh, I kidnapped the princess and then the princess got fucking rescued. Like, she was working with me. Whoever came and got her has no idea the conversation we just had or what the fuck. Oh, yeah, she wasn't in the room. How the fuck is she going to? Obviously, she's going to be like, dude, you kidnapped the princess. Like, I have to protect her. I'm totally with you on that. I'm behind you on that. And so then here's where I take it, right? It's like, I don't understand Namor's motivation in invading Wakanda to to begin with. I just really think there would have been another conversation. I don't think that that was like, how can you take that as indication that they're all saying, fuck you when the person who came to get her has no idea what's going on. And you haven't given her the opportunity to talk to leadership. Like 
that doesn't make sense. So I don't understand his motivation there. And then it's like, I get how mad Sherry is about her mom being killed. And I guess I get it was a little bit hard for me, even though that was set up to feel like her answer really would be what she says in the movie. So it's like, it's all there. Cause she's like, you don't think my mom's life is worth fucking starting a war. And I'm like, Shuri, why do you think that? Like, I kind of don't love that about you. I kind of like, just didn't like that. One of my favorite <laughs> characters is being so fucking irrational. I was like, honey, sit down. Like, I know you're really sad. I get it. I really, really get it. But also. No. So sit down, Daenerys. Here's my yeah, Jesus. <laughs> here's my God, dude. Now that you've just said that, that's such a mirror to exactly what happens. Burn right. them Holy all. She's very fuck, Targaryen dude. in this, and it's like, why, Sherry? Like, she I really just is. and I get why. I know that her mom and her brother were both killed, and she's like, now Within she's seeking revenge. But, but again, yeah. it's weird. It's like the revengey. Like she's been mad the whole movie, and then she's really revengey, and that. And and I get it, but it just yeah. seemed seemed like a really big conflict to have over kind of nothing from the base of it, right? It's like it all escalated out of nowhere, and it was all players who I think should have been able to prevent that escalation. That's what I think bothered me, is like this so, should not have escalated to where it did. Here's my biggest question, and it's it's directed straight at Namor. Why the sense of urgency? Well, I guess because they keep building the fucking thing to find. No, they don't. But They've yeah, they got Riri right now. Yeah, there's no like- one can make that. Oh, and he brought the only existing detector to Wakanda. No one has this. So I guess that. So like, why is he like? We have to solve this immediately. It is like, why is any of this happening? Like the Riri thing. It's it's very like America Chavez, but without. The big impact that America has, right? The like greater overall impact. Yeah. Yeah, because Riri is just like the MIT MIT student. Yeah. Right? She knew nothing about what she was doing. She didn't even know her device was being used by the CIA. And that's probably my other biggest problem with why they come to arrest her. Why wouldn't they just come and try and like pick her up? I mean, I like, think Yo. they're just trying to lay out the government as like a bunch of douchebags because this yeah. the whole premise of the mcu has to be that like the cia are not superheroes not even that they're not bad but they're not the superheroes because the superheroes are the superheroes and therefore well and that's what we're setting up for thunderbolts is that the government has their own task force to deal with this shit now that's what the thunderbolts are yeah totally they're all full of disreputable people you know like like red hulk and zemo it's like the boys (laughs) i can't wait to see red or red hulk is different from gonna be harrison ford yeah it's really yep oh god mm-hmm. i hope he actually wants to be there because he does they signed him on to replace uh i can never remember his name of the guy that plays general ross uh the, the guy who tells in civil war he's the mustache dude that tells uh them they have to sign the sokovia accords oh sure sure wait i thought ross was the bilbo's name in this yeah, they they both have the same last name. They're not related. They just have the same last they're name. They're both something Ross. Yeah. So That's fucking uh, stupid. Are you sure? No, I'm dead serious. Jesus God. All uh, right. Well, let's talk about Riri. That's okay. that's really dumb. Why would they do that? I, I don't know. Now, honestly, you know what it makes me think of is Family Guy when Carter Pewterschmidt meets the doctor and they're oh, both yeah. by the same person and he's like, Well, this kind of sounds like really lazy. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I guess we've never been in the same room before. 
It's <laughs> <laughs> just like that shit kind of like that just makes me think of it. But that's funny. Yeah. If we're going to. This is we're going to argue. This about is this where we of... diverge like super fucking hardcore. Because I really liked Riri. I thought she was awesome. And like I have been so unstoked about Ironheart. Like I could I give a fuck. And I here's the thing. I, I kind of don't know why I feel this way because I do like Iron Man. But I'm yeah. also not like a huge, massive, like, oh, my God, I love Tony Stark so much. But like, there's right. nothing that I don't like about him. I do love Tony. I just like. He's just not your favorite part of the MCU. And that's fine. I get it. Like, I love Thor, but he's not our Captain America. There's not my favorite part. Yeah. And like, I could give a fuck about like another Iron Man. Like, I like because I think it was because Ironheart got announced relatively soon after Endgame. Yeah. Or at least like before WandaVision came out. Yeah. So it was still kind of the very beginning of phase four. And I was like, I fucking do not care about having more Iron Man. I just want something new and exciting. And I want new heroes with new powers. And I don't want all these recreations of the old heroes, which lo and behold is like what's happening in the MCU, but I don't hate it. But I was not excited about Ironheart until now. And now I'm like way excited about Ironheart because she's fucking so cool. And I like that she's her own thing. And I think this is what we're going to argue about. Like my... My nods that I spotted to Tony with her, because of course she is. They're there. Like they exist. There are tons of homages throughout this movie to how she is very much like Tony. Yeah. I I like when she punches out the iron heart shape in the metal when she's making her suit. Um, I like that she's an MIT student, you know, but I like that. Yeah. And, but like, I thought she was awesome. I like that they don't make it about Iron Man or mention Tony. Fuck that. Do your own thing. We all get that it's like Tony. Everybody fucking understands that. And there's lots of like heroes that use technology. Like there's multiple suits. Like it's not like other people in suits don't exist. Like Falcon's still out there. Fucking Tony's sidekick is still out there. Rhodey. God. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, you know, they're all out there still riding in their suits. Like, it's not like Iron Man's the only guy to ever put on a fucking metal outfit that flies. Can't like you forgot Ant-Man. Yeah, Ant-Man wears the suit that does stuff. Like, it's not as though that has to be. Like, how could you do that without mentioning Tony? I'm like, yeah, definitely do it without mentioning Tony. That's great. Like, move on and bring it its own thing. And she's awesome. So I thought, she, I can't fucking wait for her show. Tell me why you don't. Why did you? Oh, it's not that agree? I don't like her. My biggest problem is that they don't mention Tony. And the reason that it's a big problem for me is that's her whole personality. She's inspired by Tony. In the comics? Yeah. That's the whole reason she does that. Tony sends her an AI of himself to basically make her the next Iron Man. Obviously, we can't do that in this one because she's never met him. And his, his quote, apprentice was basically Spider-Man. But yeah, he, I was going to say he already does that with Spider Man yeah. and Loki from the other side of that relationship. That's what, uh, what's her name in Hawkeye? Oh, uh, Kate Bishop. Yeah, so we already have that in Kate Bishop on the kids' Kate side. Bishop? And we already have it in like the handing stuff down and like who Tony chose as his successor on the Spider Man side. So I get that you're comic butthurt, but are you just comic butthurt? I'm not butthurt? comic butthurt. I'm not. I'm, it's like, why wouldn't you? mention something more about it like why wouldn't no one asks her why did you choose iron man to model your armor after 
because Tony was fucking sick and everyone knows him. And right, but they also know Ant Man. They also know uh, War Machine. If anything, because different, it was like its own thing. First of all, I'm gonna just say this right now because it's all over the fucking internet. She looks like a Power Ranger. I hated the design for her suit. It reminds me of Big Hero Six. Yes, (laughs) I'll give you that. It it literally looked like if Power Rangers fucked Big Hero Six and then got skull fucked by uh, Metroid or Samus. It was so (laughs) weird looking, and the heart that she like chopped out of the iron on doesn't appear anywhere on the fucking thing so like was what, what was that to, homage to tony and that's fine and i get that and we well, get a lot literally of literally all like, that it was which is yeah kind of <laughs> maybe it was like a prototype of the suit and, and probably she was like that looks so fucking dumb like yeah. i was like what the fuck was i doing here? i hear what you're saying I low key think that you're comic, but her because her motivation is not because no, because not- I don't even like her in the comics. I don't care about her enough to be mad. I'm mad that we have somebody who made a fully functioning Iron Man suit, but never mentioned Iron Man. Like why? Why wouldn't it gave the perfect opportunity to set up her motivation? All the motivation we got was that she. Her dad, like, was a mechanic and put tools in her hand when she was three years old. She did just, like, randomly explode out of her yeah. uh, garage <laughs> in an Iron Man suit. Like, it was like, we knew that she knew how to build cool stuff and that she, like, was master of tech and all of that. Right. But, like, it was, like, entirely out of nowhere that she flew out of the That's garage. what I'm saying. Like, that's the part that irritates me. That's, yeah. I, like, if she had just been like, look, man, like, Tony went here and that's why I always wanted to go here. I'm not saying I I have a problem with her. I'm stoked for her show. Um, And I'm mainly stoked for her show because she had to leave the Ironheart suit behind. She couldn't take it with her. That was weird to me. And I guess it's like very different from the Spider-Man story, right? Where he gets it and he loses it. Like, she's going to have to build build her own suit. Uh, No, but I mean, in the first Spider-Man movie. Oh, in, yeah. In Homecoming, when Tony takes the suit away, the suit that he ga- gives him yeah. in uh, Civil nothing without War. the suit, then you shouldn't have it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's like the whole heart of that movie. I can't wait to talk about that movie in a million years when we get there in the timeline. Um, it will be forever. I, 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 I think it's just, yeah, sure. I, I'm just glad we're both excited for her show. because I think No, I am. I'm super stoked. Awesome. I haven't been disappointed by any of the Disney Plus shows. I want you guys to know that right now. I no, haven't been disappointed been by any of the Marvel shows. Even the ones that haven't been my favorite have yeah. been really, really good. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see her have to make her own suit and kind of start over in her show. Uh, I'm, this is the other thing that didn't bother, that really bothered me. And Matt and I have kind of been discussing this all day. Um, how did she know how to make an arc reactor? Because did she have one? Is that confirmed? Yes, she's got blueprints for it on the um on the board and it's powering her suit you see it on her chest interesting and so like my only question was that and not even a question it's just like a main concern or whatever is like after whiplash proved to everybody in iron man 2 that someone else out there had the plans and could make a functioning arc reactor tony made that shit so top secret and so locked up no one knows how to make this shit but why that's what I want that's what I want her show to explore is like how did she learn how to how to do that? Why did she choose Iron Man? Why wasn't she like, I want to just make my own thing? 
I just, I want more about her. And I feel like this movie had the opportunity to explain why she chose Iron Man. And we really kind of didn't. That's my only problem. I loved her otherwise. I thought she was funny. I thought her like being amazed by the stuff that Shuri sees every day was mm-hmm. really funny. And it's it's really grounding because it shows you like, dude, these are regular people who don't live in the superhero world. And she's trying to like be as you know, she wants to be but like why does she want to do that? Why yeah, I guess why does she suit? build the suit is a pretty reasonable yeah. question. Like, what's your plan right now? Cause it obviously is like to to fight though. Yeah, so, like, like were you just gonna show up at Avengers Compound and be like, yo, look what I did? And they're gonna be like, Come on in. Like, I'm no, an Avenger it's not now. Like, <laughs> I built the suit. Yeah, that's actually yeah, why did she build the suit? I guess I kind of took it as, as just like she built it because she's like just fucking around. No, and that's right. if that's that it. Doesn't then I'm actually fine make that. any sense. Yeah. No, that doesn't make any sense. That's <laughs> that's not reasonable. So I <laughs> feel you. Like that, maybe that's a little well. Yeah, and and the thing is, they'll give it to her in her show, but it's just yeah. weird that it's just sort of sitting there out of nowhere right now. Like, what's why? And now she'll have to start over in her show and build her suit again, and we'll get the whole fucking story. Here's the thing. This is one of the fun little Easter egg behind the scenes things that you guys may not or may have forgotten because it's been a year. She goes to MIT. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who else goes to MIT right now? Those are spider people. Yep. MJ and Ned. So there's a really good chance that Ned or Ned and MJ or MJ or one of them shows up and somehow the spell like I don't know. Maybe they like talk about something and it breaks the spell for a minute and they remember it. Or it has to actually, it has to be Ned because Ned's the one that helped Peter break apart the coding for the suit. So he knows how t- Stark tech works. So he can help her design a more proficient Iron Man or Iron Heart suit, which if you guys are keeping track, that would be Mark three. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, that would be sick. Here's my question is, will Sony allow that? It doesn't matter. They're Uh, not Sony characters. Spider-Man is a Sony character. Ned and MJ are not. And they make that a very important distinction. Is that that true? That is not MJ. That is not not Mary Mary Jane Jane Watson. Watson. Yeah. Yeah, Right. That's MCU's MJ. I wonder if that's a hundred percent correct that Marvel owns those characters though when it's they've only appeared in Sony films. They at least own Ned because Ned I'm, is not a thing in any other property yet. Well, no, no, no. I'm not saying that they're like pre-existing properties that Sony already owned. I'm saying like the movies they've been in are oh, Sony like, movies. Like yeah. who's to say Sony doesn't therefore own them? Like they haven't been in the MCU otherwise. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's a good point. They might be Sony characters. I'm not sure how that works. What they absolutely could do is have a Zendaya cameo and not, and it wouldn't be part of the plot, right? Oh, just have her be there? Yeah, there's nothing they could do to stop them from running into Zendaya in the fucking hallway. (laughs) There's nothing that they can do to stop that, but they- They can't say her name or whatever. But may, or maybe they fucking can't do that. Like I don't know what the rule is about that. It'd be I'd be really interested to find out because I don't know why Sony wouldn't let them do that. Like that's such a great. The only reason not to do it is because Sony are a bunch of fucking assholes, and we know that's true. true. So looking at you, Morbius. Yeah, like we don't have to dig to to 
see that Sony sucks and would do something petty <laughs> as fuck like that and say, yeah, you can have Ned Nit for half a second, but I would like to have $2 billion. Like, I would- we want our name on the top of the show. Yeah, exactly. Like, Ironheart. Like, fuck you, dude. Yeah. I don't know that they would allow it, but I think it no. would be pretty cool to move a bunch of characters to Boston and like. Oh, that'd be ha- sick. Have fucking Spider-Man show up and do something and be. I just want all the Spider-Man. I don't think they're going to do that, but I think. And we've had two movies be- in this phase with Spider-Man. It's just like. <laughs> oh, I guess that's true. Huh? Not in this phase, technically. Technically, Far From Home was the end of phase three. Okay, here's this is my official bingo card for Ironheart. Okay. <laughs> this is what I would like to see. I would like to see a plot in a season of Ironheart, not necessarily the first one, wherein Ned becomes the Green Goblin or the 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 Hobgoblin. Everybody wants that, yeah. Yeah, but we're all saying Ned's going to be Hobgoblin, and I'm like, yeah, 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 fucking that. That's what we should do. And Ironheart can fuck him. Yeah, no, Ironheart can fight him. That's what they should do. They can. They should totally do that at MIT. They can have a big fight, and it'll be Ironheart versus Hobgoblin. That's my bingo card. The more likely cameo that we're going to run into is Flash. She's going to run into. Oh, yeah. She's going to be like, I have this douchebag guy in my class. Right. Because he goes to MIT. Because he goes there, too. He might be a Sony character, dude. I think we're going to come up on some. I think we're going to come up on some issues with that. Yeah. I, I didn't think of that. I didn't see any Spider-Man characters at MIT, <laughs> but Maybe. it would be such really a cool. Opportunity if they it don't. is. It is a missed opportunity if they don't, because they're all the same age group, which, and there's becoming, as we'll talk about these like, uh, generations. Right. I mean, I guess we just can talk about that. Yeah. I guess I hate it. I, I don't think that everybody needs to have a kid. <laughs> It's like, yeah. what, just everybody stop. Like, it's so, so can we count the ways? Can we run this down? Because, yeah. So, uh, let's, let's see. So, Hulk young has a Black kid. Panther. Hulk young has a Black kid. Black Panther. Uh, young Hawkeye. Black Panther, young Hulk. There's about to be a new Ant Man. Um, yeah. Uh, Thor. Thor. So, that's five. Uh, Black Widow has his younger sister. Yep. Oh, America Chavez. Yep. America Chavez. Yep. So, that's wow, seven. That was- uh, uh what shit, else what's her name kamala khan okay kamala khan the two twins oh yeah the twins yeah right so that's 10 phase four has introduced 10 fucking child heroes that is a stacked i mean i think there's probably more than that too like what are the other disney shows because the other disney, disney shows are standalones though like the other one established Falcon as the new Captain America. Yeah, then we, we have Loki. Moon Knight, who hasn't been established in any other media. There's no kids in Moon Knight. I'm just there's thinking, who had no a kid in some of the Disney Plus shows? Because that's where uh, some of them are cropping up. But no, I think that's it. I think there's 10 of them. And I think that's a fucking shitload of people's yeah. kids. And at least, at least, okay, the twins, America Chavez, to an extent, Kamala Khan. I get that she's like a Miss Marvel, but she doesn't have the same powers as Captain mm-hmm. Marvel. There's at least four of them that have unique powers. Yeah. Or not a ripoff of the prior one. So yeah, about the 50, rest of them 50. are like the heirs to the other heroes. Yeah. So it's you about could even, 50, You could 50. make the argument that Hulk's son doesn't even matter because we have She-Hulk and she'll take over for him. Yeah. I mean, but she's too old to be part but, of Young Avengers. Like in terms yeah, of who the Young, of Young Avengers lineup is, I would see like uh Well, now we have Kate Riri Bishop. as Ironheart. So. Right. And Riri. Right. So I would think that, well, I think we 
Yeah, that actually does round it out to 11. Because we're talking about T'Challa's kid in this. But I would have liked it I don't if, think we'll see anything with T'Challa's kid for a while. I hope we never do. I honestly, I'm like, why isn't it? It should be Shuri, who is, for the record, fucking so cool as Black Panther. Yeah, she she I loved awesome. everything I loved about suit. the way that she became Black Panther. Like, yeah. I, even though we complained about some of the motivations around the conflict there, I totally loved the full closure of her being like, okay, I accept our traditions and I am going to like mourn my brother and I'm going to become the, but like her becoming Black Panther was fucking sick. Like that arc of this movie was great, but I would have wanted Shuri slash Peter to the extent that it's possible to, to be the heads of the young Avengers, right? To be like the Tony and Natasha. Yeah. Like they should have been running the show with all because they're kind of the older of the younger generation. They're like adults technically. And then little well, they're little also the bombers. only ones that know how to be on that team. Yeah, like right? like, like Peter's like the perfect. Peter's the only Avenger. Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. And well, and Shuri technic if Shuri's Black Panther, I'm pretty sure she's technically an Avenger now. Uh, ish actually i don't think don't anyone would say no because no one would I, no one would say no obviously. who's even yeah. in charge of the avengers like nick fury technically like is there even an no, avengers right now and i'm pretty sure the leader of the avengers is uh falcon yeah that's a good point. still works for the military does it feel fucking disjointed and weird that no one circled back around to that? Like that it's been so long yeah. now in real time since Falcon and Winter Soldier that nobody's been like, oh, yeah, the new Captain America. When like in Falcon and Winter Soldier, it felt like Captain America was like the only thing that mattered. Oh, yeah. In, like, and now no one, no one brings <laughs> no it up one at all. Like that would have been another thing to talk about for Riri. Been like, well, like we've got like a, you know, we've got a new Captain America. Why don't we get like a new Iron Man? Or, or just whatever. a fucking Even poster that. that's like, you're, you're Captain America. Yeah, exactly. It's like, surprise. We're, like, we're just not talking about it. And that's, yeah, we're just not connecting the dots. And there's it's because there's fucking so much going on. And I'm like, come on, come on, Feige. Like, I believe that Feige has this together, but I don't want this to become a ice and fire situation where it's like a George R. R. Martin I where know. it's like, I have too much going on and now I can't figure it out. But I believe in Feige to bring all this together, but. You know what I just fucking realized, and I don't know why I just realized this, but do you have any idea how this, okay, this just shows how little they gave a shit about Eternals, and why was this movie even made? Like, why was this called a Marvel movie? How does Namor, literally the god king under the ocean, (laughs) not fucking talk about how there is now a giant marble titan statue just sticking out of the ocean somewhere dude (laughs) how does that never come up i can't believe i didn't think of that until just now but what the literal fuck right now i know that people and by people i mean you are (laughs) so fucking mad about that i mean i just think it comes up every Marvel movie. I expect it to be talked about in one of the Marvel movies this year, and it never has. Well, like, okay, but Shang-Chi never tied back in. Like, there's a million things that have not been ever mentioned again. Almost everything that's happened in Phase 4 has not been mentioned in another movie. And again, that's kind of normal. Like, I, I don't really recall any of the other movies that aren't kind of major crossovers where they're being quippy, where they just randomly are like, oh, my God, did you hear about how Iron Man fought like the guy with the bird? That was crazy. Like, that didn't happen. Like, those conversations haven't traditionally happened in Marvel movies. And we expect because it's like this big 
global thing. Like that, the tissue thing. Yeah. yeah. But the only times that in these movies they've really referenced stuff from other ones is like the attack on New York. Like major, major Avengers level yeah. threats, which for whatever reason, the Celestial thing, I think just because it wasn't known that it was happening, was not an Avengers level threat. But I agree that Eternals should be tied in. But I also would argue that like there's nobody in Eternals who walked away from that situation knowing about the Eternals. They didn't become public knowledge. They like very quietly solved that problem, except now there's a giant statue. And like, yeah, I also would like an Easter egg to that. But like, is it really this big of an issue? No, it's not an issue. I just like it's the one. It's you and it's Matt so- both. This is Matt and I's side chat after when you hadn't seen the movie yet. We had this discussion too. And I was like, why does everyone fucking care about this? Did you really? Yeah, I'm like it doesn't fucking matter. That is so funny. <laughs> it no, just doesn't I just, matter. I love the Eternals. I, I'll defend it. I forever. do. I like the movie. The movie was a good movie. I'm just saying, like, can we get more of it? Can someone please fucking talk about the man sticking out of the ocean? Like, the dude lives in the ocean. He knows everything that's going on down there. Yeah, but he might not. The, t- the ocean is like big, Scott. And also, I I feel like oh my God. <laughs> I feel like the bigger plot hole of Phase Four is the post credits in Shang Chi because we have seen my man, the hero, is Phase Four Wong, Wong. in motherfucking everything. Yeah. And Wong, like, so I kind of can't believe that we haven't had. I mean, even that post credit with Wong in Shang Chi set up She Hulk, right? So I kind of. Oh, yeah. Of it talks about why he's there. Yeah. Yeah. We see him in the fight with uh, Abomination, and that is like a major plot point in She Hulk, right? So, like the fact that, I mean, Wong's in She Hulk. We've all seen She Hulk, right? So, like, I. Wong is the hero of phase four. It was weird to me that he wasn't in this. Like he's been in fucking everything in phase four. And uh, maybe he hasn't. Maybe he wasn't in uh, Thor. But it feels like he's been in everything. He wasn't in Thor because there was no reason for him to be in Thor. Well, Um, which I guess is the same thing here. But I just sort of don't understand how like Shang-Chi hasn't come back. Like isn't that a bigger. Yeah. Like like, where is he now? Yeah. Like all of that crap is like at least as big a deal as. this stuff happening in Eternals and it's like no one's mentioned him and nobody cares that he hasn't shown up even though we've seen Wong like multiple times since then so it's like you know whatever it, I'm bro. not worried even, about the it's the statue in the Eternals even if I know you're not I just it just popped into my head like why was that never talked about know, but now I'm you've got me back on this wrong. thing about how why didn't we just get like a random scene in Multiverse of Madness about Wong making a portal to get Shang-Chi and Aquafina out of there. Yeah, it could have just been a like a quick comment of like, yeah, hey, did like you hear when, about this bullshit that went down in Or Macau? like Scarlet Witch shows up to Comartage and he's like, you guys cannot be here right now. Like fucking go and just makes a portal for them. And that's the only camera. That's all we needed. Yeah. Now we know like, oh, dude, they're not there anymore. They're on the run. Because if you want to be super like super picky about it, they could be dead. They could have died in her attack on Kamertaj. Yeah, and we don't know why Wong went to get them other than to like introduce them to be Avengers. Like yeah. I, that's a way bigger drop threat, if you ask me, because we've seen an awful lot of Wong, and I don't know how much of like obscure wherever the fuck that statue arose. Like where <laughs> were they when that happened in the world? Like they did I so don't much globe trotting in that movie. Ocean. Like yeah. who knows? Yeah. Like, They're all over the goddamn place. Honestly, do we have any reason to believe that that's anywhere near Namor and his like one shitty city, which I have to say, I did not think looked very good. 
it I like that he made a sun out of vibranium and I thought that was really cool. I like um, the vibranium highways. That was neat. Yeah, that yeah. was sick. That was like super, super cool. Um, I even like Sherry's stupid James Cameron suit, but I just like. Oh my God, that was so funny. It was fucking hilarious. I didn't think that the city looked very good, though. I thought that like. It, there could have been more for like him being like, I have as many soldiers as there are blades of grass in Wakanda. And I'm like, um, you don't. Do but, you really in this one? Yeah. Like it looks like maybe one sunken ship where everyone hangs out. Like it was just sort of <laughs> dark and like not. Not very wondrous. Like, I would have expected the Under the Sea Kingdom to look fucking sick. I was kind of looking for, like, an underwater Asgard. Yeah, that would have been fucking awesome. Yeah. And it's not what happened. And I will say, I also did not like the way they handled, like, the citizens who, like, it seems like they don't talk when they're underwater. Yeah, but then they can talk because he has a speech. He gives a speech to all of them. Yeah, he can talk, but can they? I have no idea. They're all like, it was like weird and eerie and not. Oh, they can because they tell him like we've detected another seismic device in the water. Do they or say that detect- underwater or yeah, they wearing one of their on weird his, air covers? No, like, they tell him things. on his throne because they don't need to wear those underwater. They only need to wear those. The only person who doesn't know, need to wear it is keep, more. They keep pulling those things out and being in caves yeah. and being in places where there's air and yeah. it's all convenient. And it, it reminded me a lot of how in uh, Aquaman they have to like create that air pocket to talk. And I'm oh, like, I yeah. hate everything about this. That was so dumb. The mechanics just aren't great. And and all I'll say is here's here's holding out for the Little Mermaid. I know. For something yeah. to not look like fucking dog shit. Oh, I hope, it I hope it looks fucking awesome. We know that it will. We've seen her sing. It's going to be incredible. Yeah, Our be lives right. are going to change forever. I think it will. It's going to be better than this movie. Um, I'll tell you another thing that like, it, since we're on like the way things looked and shit, there was just something off about the visuals in this movie. Just about every fight scene. Namor jumping off the bridge after he kills Ramonda looked like it was in front of a green screen. There was a lot of green screen that was obvious. Yeah. You're right. I noticed that too. There was. It was just like super fucking weird. And then there's other parts where I'm like, that looks real. Did they seriously just get launched off an orca for real? Dude, the orcas were sick. I will say like the way that yeah. they traveled on whales was pretty dope. The fact that they were able to travel on the whales uh, without at at any time conveying that they have an ability to speak to animals i was like respect <laughs> like yeah, that's how just, did you drive the whale it. like are you fucking <laughs> kidding me <laughs> like that was cool and they and and weird and didn't really make any sense and uh yeah i did enjoy that and i also really like shuri in the black panther suit like she looked that looked good yeah See, that she was looked sick. real good yeah i'll tell you something i did love though was uh ludwig Gorenson's score for this movie the score for the, the honestly yeah, all the, the music, music was great top notch the only thing that i didn't fucking need was the song that played at the beginning of the end credits that was so weird i can't remember it but i know that like i like really basically sad, all the music like lovey song and i'm like oh and it was played over the burning over the clothes yeah. burning yeah it was not my favorite but it was also a nice way to honor chadwick at the yeah, end and i'm fine with it i was just like this couldn't is have weird. been like an upbeat happy thing would have been weird but yeah. like because I, I think that, that was for chadwick 
No, and I get that, and that's fine. And I'm again, I'm like here for it. I have no problems with anything they did with Chadwick, but I also like that right before uh, Shuri is about to kill Namor, she doesn't see they didn't CGI Chadwick in. They brought Ramonda back in the ancestral plane, and she's the one that makes Shuri see this is wrong. It wasn't like an image of T'Challa. It was an image of her mom saying, like, be the better person. Yeah. And I liked that. I thought that was really cool. You know what I liked? What did you liked? I liked Killmonger. Fuck yeah, dude. I did not see that shit coming. Neither did I. I was fully ready for, I didn't know what. I was like, obviously it's going to be Chadwick, but they can't, they're not going to do that. I was like, really sure that they wouldn't try it because the ancestral plane is a place where you could get away with a CG iffy looking Oh yeah, with him. Yeah, Yeah, you could get away with that in the ancestral plane and not have it be tasteless. And I was so glad that that wasn't what they did. And that is like, I think the thing that made Shuri's like whole revenge thing work for me. Yeah. I also like that she refused to tell Nakia who she saw. I love that she refused like to tell Nakia. all the way she never was yeah. willing to. But I also liked the implication when she's like, I didn't see anybody. And it's like, that's not totally implausible because it is a bioengineered version of the plant. Yeah. Like, it's like, sure, it could be different. Um, and they didn't bury her and all of the things, yeah, right? Yeah, they didn't follow all of the, like, regular rules or whatever. Yeah. So maybe. So it's, like, plausible that she didn't see anyone, but I like how they bring it back later where Nakia's like, uh, so who did you see? Yeah, she's like, like no, for real. Me. Like, shut the fuck up and tell me who you saw. And she's like. I thought it made. I don't know what else I have to say about it. It made a lot of sense. It worked. It's, like, made her revenge art quirk. It kind of made me. I don't know. Talking about it now, I'm like less mad about her arc, and but I still just I yeah. still don't think the motivations of everything came together in a way that was satisfactory to me. But I did like Shuri, like going through that with Killmonger and like really yeah. choosing violence. And she'd been saying that she was feeling that way, so so it's it's not like it doesn't make sense. Like I I did really like it. I think it's awesome that it did make sense that it was him that she talked to. And that I never thought it would be him. No. I had no idea what to expect with who she was going to end up talking to. Another great way that this movie like delicately handles Chadwick's death in a way that made sense and felt natural and unforced and worked with the story. Yep. Like all of the stuff that touched on like what it means to be Black Panther and where Wakanda's at, all of that made sense. And I really liked no more. Like he's hot and everything, and he's like, you know, the whole situation's crazy. <laughs> but it's just like ah, that escalated too quickly. They have been the best example of a great villain because up until the first invasion of Wakanda, the first fight where they blow out of the water and just beat the shit out of everybody, Namor has literally been otherwise pretty reasonable he he has been communicative he has tried to talk with them he is like this is the world i want to protect i'm not a conqueror i'm like i'm just a king for my people and i want to protect my people it isn't until he does truly diabolical shit to try and make her see her way that we realize, Oh dude, like this guy's a good guy, but he goes about all of this 
completely wrong. He's like way too trigger happy. Yeah. He's not. I guess I guess maybe my problem with Namor is that he's the bad guy. I think like that's that I'm like everybody's problem with him. Yeah, yeah like he's like, too wait, badass. Like, yeah. like I guess that was a surprise too, is there was no surprise bad guy. My bet was I'm pretty sure I owe somebody shrimp now. Like I, I actually think you might. Yeah. I think I might owe somebody <laughs> shrimp because I think I made a bet that this would be uh, a fake out bad guy and that the Namor would yeah. turn out to be kind of a good guy. And he was. He was definitely a sympathetic bad guy, like you say. He's um like the Black Panther ones are. Yeah. And glad that we got Killmonger because it sucks that they killed him off. Very cool that they did not kill off Namor. I thought they yeah. were going to, and I was pissed. I was like, are you fucking serious right now? Like, this guy's been awesome. Like, he's like our first mutant, which like yeah. is very cool. Which is huge. If you guys don't know what she's talking about or you missed it, he literally uses the word mutant when he explains his backstory. Yeah. Kamala Khan is our first mutant, and we got the da 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 Yeah, no, very, not technically. They played the music. Well, no, I know, but I mean, like, it's the first time the word is used, and we're like, oh my God, fucking mutant. Like, yeah. Yeah, I just mean, if they're going to play the X Men theme song over Kamala, like, it's, she is our first mutant. Like, that's not, that's emphatically our first mutant, not technically. Uh, Namor is the first time they've used the word mutant, which is cool. But, yeah, so I was glad they didn't kill him, but what do you think he's, what do you think is going to happen to him? Like, where's that going? Because this is, do we have any other villains other than Loki who have not been killed? Like, Oh, we have tons, dude. We have the Skrulls about to show up in Secret Invasion. We have whatever Fontaine is doing. Yeah, okay, but she hasn't been officially a bad guy yet. No, she's just. Neither of the Skrulls. uh, No, but I'm talking about like things we know that are coming. No, but I mean like. Got bad guys that were like the centerpiece antagonist who st- who come back again and do other stuff other than Loki. Loki, Scarlet Witch, eh. but she's technically gone. It's now. me. Hi. She's an antihero. <laughs> she is an antihero. Yeah. Um. God no! Like they're all gone. Yeah, there's it's like so this is the first time that we've had somebody who's like not being like Thanos like set up as a bad guy forever and it's not Loki and no, it's we'll not we'll get into that in Quantumania in February when we have repeat we bad have guys. Kang. Kang. Yeah, when we get yeah. Kang. Well, Kang is going to be we know this because of the reveal of the Avengers Kang Dynasty. Yeah. I mean, and we kind of knew this anyway, but with Avengers, it's like definitely clear that Kang is going to be the big deal. A yeah. saga level bad guy, which is what Thanos was. I think that's which when is, we'll see them next. So that's different. So it's weird to me. Namor is like really kind of the first, like, okay, this is the first time we're introducing you. You're not a Thanos level bad guy. You're just the antagonist of this one movie. Uh, and but you're and still out we're there. not going to kill you and yeah. you get to stick around. I don't know what he's hope. Maybe he will hook up with doom eventually. Like, I don't know. There's all kinds of room, right? Cause he's yeah. He, this literally could turn into just about anything. It, this is like we, and like we could see him in secret invasion or in secret wars. We could see him show up as be like, dude, half of my people have been replaced by scrolls. Where the fuck are my people? There's no shot that, he's not important going forward. And I think that's no, why they're not killing him because his kingdom matters and it's opening up this whole other situation. So, and he'll probably turn out to be a good guy. Well, he makes it clear. He is not a good guy. Like to us as the audience. He's yeah, what like, does he say I'm, again at the end? He's like, why wouldn't I want to be the country that the most powerful country can turn to at the end of the oh, day? Yeah. They have no friends. 
now. The world knows they're keeping vibranium from them, which I got to tell you guys. Does the world know that now? Yes, they do. They know that. Well, that's the whole thing about the UN meeting at the beginning. I love that not, I love when bad guys get their comeuppance and when smug people get their comeuppance in movies and shows and stuff. It happens a lot in anime, but I love that the fucking French ambassador had the nerve to tell Ramonda that they are keeping vibranium from them and that she is creating a world of hostility. And then the fucking French special forces team that attacked the outreach Wakandan outreach center gets marched in in front of her. And it's just like, fuck you, dude. You're the one that did this. We're giving you your people back. I loved that shit. Yeah. I enjoyed that a lot too. I like the cameo because I'm a huge West Wing fan. Uh, I oh love, yeah, <laughs> I love that Toby was a member of the UN. I thought yeah, that was I really spotted cool. that too. Well, and I kind of was like, "Are you a character in the MCU already?" And I don't realize no. it. <laughs> kind of a big name guy to just like be there. Yeah, who's and not that I know his name other than Toby. <laughs> I know you don't. <laughs> I don't remember his name now. Actually. Other than that, it's Toby. It's Toby. Oh my god. No, I'm anxious to see what they do with Namor going forward. I think that's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's going to be new and different and cool, whatever it is, because we have not seen this kind of thing before. So stoked to see where all of it goes. It'll Kevin's going to tie it all in for us. He's got this under control. Do we have anything in the rumor requirement? We just have a couple Easter eggs from throughout the movie. We already talked about Riri goes to MIT uh, and she has the potential to meet MJ and Ned. Something I didn't know until actually today, the voice of Shuri's AI, who is named Griot, which is a South African god of po- <clears throat> poetry and storytelling, is yeah. voiced by Trevor Noah. Oh, which that's I interesting. I love. I love that. Yes, Continuing that's very on, cool. Yep. Tell me other Easter eggs. Uh, when Ramonda first goes to Haiti to speak to Nakia and have her help her find Shuri. The three children that approach her, one of those children is Toussaint. That I did not notice. I didn't either. And the only reason I didn't notice is because I didn't know I needed to be looking for him. I thought it was just three random kids at the school. Is he a comic book character? Yes, he he is. But it's not Nakia's son. He T'Challa has a child with Storm from X-Men. They get married. That's cool. Um, The Midnight Angel suits are real they are a thing from the comics they are members of the one percent of the most qualified dora milaje they are given specialized armor similar to the ones designed by shuri in the films but in the movie it's kind of it's stated shuri says it early on that that suit is made for every member of the dora milaje we only see okoye and anika wear it um which I got to tell you, the internet kind of thinks that that suit looked really stupid. It did. And I have to agree. And the only, <laughs> reason, the only reason I thought it looked really stupid was the eyes. Yeah, the face on it looked fucking yeah. dumb. I, I hated like that. Uh, what I did like, though, I did like um, Okoye's. Okoye. I, yeah, that's what's her name from The Walking Dead, right? Yes. I don't know. What did you rate this movie? A nine? You sticking with that? Uh, I am going to stick it with a nine. There were problems I had throughout the movie. Um, but honestly, like I would watch this again before I watched any of the other Marvel movies from this year. 
Did I cut off any of the rest of the... Oh, I'm sorry. You did. Yeah, there's one more thing. Um, Shuri's comment to Namor when he yields the fight about not letting their personal vengeances ruin the lives of them or their or their loved ones or their people is a direct callback to T'Challa's conversation with Zemo at the end of Civil War. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. But no, I give this a nine. I don't know. I The music was amazing. I was so emotional right off the bat for this. I texted you guys maybe two minutes into the movie and was like, okay, I'm already crying. What the fuck? I know. Um, <laughs> it it was funny. It Everybody felt natural. Like the way that Okoye talks to Shuri about how much she hates the fucking suit is like hilarious to me. And it feels like a real conversation the real world implications of like Wakanda and like what Wakanda says the other nations would do with vibranium is so viscerally real. Yeah. Their relationship with the outside world is very cool. Yeah. Um, I really liked all of that. And I loved Namor, not even just because he's the villain, because the majority of this movie, you really don't feel like he is. He really doesn't even become the villain until he kills Ramonda. And then you're like, dude, you killed Angela Bassett. What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, like that's not acceptable. And also yeah. Sherry's been through enough. Yeah, for real. Like, why did you think like, oh, that's the solution? You know, like, I, well, this is what I don't like. This is why I had to give it an 8.9. This because point off. <laughs> just a point. Yeah, because it was really good, but it didn't change my life. And it did just stick in my craw of like, I just felt like I didn't get why half of what was going on was happening. Yeah, like why he's being an asshole. Well, yeah, I just think the motivations were a little weak, and especially for Namor, and like, and he was very cool, but especially compared to, yeah, like how good it was set up for uh, following stuff, Killmonger. Oh yeah, like when you think about his motivations and like, like I just I kind of felt like that fell a little flat for me. That was a little bit tough. Like I just didn't totally buy that. It just wasn't, it was really, really good and I liked it a lot. And I think I'll probably give it a higher rating on rewatch. Yeah. See, that's the thing. Like I would, I would be willing to rewatch this one. Oh, I'm, I'm willing to rewatch every MCU movie. I just haven't dealt. I just, there's been a lot going on this summer. So I haven't. That's very true. We have had a wild ass summer, guys. It's just been like a lot of fantasy stuff. Like I haven't been, I haven't rewatched the Multiverse of Madness and stuff that came out on, uh, over the summer on Disney Plus. but. I've I've talked a lot about the villain. I also gave it yeah. an eight point nine. What did I gave you him rate? A nine. Yeah, I gave him a no nine. more. There was yeah. like enough in there. I'm like, dude, I would love to see you again. And we will, which is good. Yeah. Again, my biggest problem, like my one question was, is his wing gonna grow back? Oh my god, right? Yeah. And also that was fucking cool. Yeah, that was awesome. Just the way that they showcase his powers and the way that he works is just like it was so fucking cool. Everything yeah, I'm about glad him he's was not really dead. well done. Yeah, I'm I'm really glad that she chose to go a different way. I don't know, Scott. Take us out of here. This is irrelevant. This is <laughs> not related so to. Relevant. That's enough. We have discussed. Yeah. Black Panther was really good. Um, it was. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah. As always, thank you all so much for joining us. We hope that you enjoyed yourselves and maybe even learned something. Please join us next week for Mrs. Doubtfire for real this time. Uh, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts as well as follow us on all of our social media. You can find the links to our sites and social media in the episode descriptions. If you'd like to support the podcast, we encourage you to follow us on Patreon where you can catch our specialized quiz show, Rewind the Timeline. 
make sure that you check out our website for all the timeline goodies, including our new feature, Request the Timeline. We've already done one episode. We're waiting to do the next one. What's it going to be? Let us know. Uh, let us know what you want to see, and we'll make it happen, guys. But, uh, yeah, until next time, stay nerdy. <laughs>